This interview was supported by an unrestricted educational grant from Beatrice. Beatrice had no role in the selection of the topics or the selection of the speakers and has not vetted or reviewed the content of any of the interviews. The views expressed by speakers are their own and may not necessarily represent the views of the IMS. Hello, I'm Dr. Marla Shapiro and I sit on the board of trustees of the International Menopause Society. And today we are very lucky to be joined by Dr. Ludwig Kiesel. Dr. Kiesel, can you introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah, my name is Ludwig Kiesel. I'm professor of gynecology here at the University of Münze in Germany. So today we're going to be talking about a difficult topic, which is menopause in women with a history of endometriosis. So the big question that we always get is in terms of menopausal hormone therapy for a menopausal woman who's symptomatic and has a history of endometriosis, how will that influence our choice of options? Yeah, and the background of that problem is that potentially with use of uh, just estrogens, you may actually advance the newly developed endometriosis in these patients. So even in women who have a hysterectomy, we advise to use estrogens plus uh, progestins or progesterone um, in order to counteract that problem. And therefore, um, irrespective uh, of hysterectomy or no hysterectomy, we would use a combined HRT. Is there any role for a medication such as Tibolone? Is this a medication that could be considered safe in these women? Um, that has not been studied very uh, in a detailed fashion. Uh, some people do use this, um, but there is no real um, evidence um, that there is that would be any better. Um, so we usually just use combined HRT. Okay. And in these women with endometriosis, are they more at risk of an early menopause or premature menopause? Yeah, the, the main problem is that several surgeries, mainly on the ovaries, could result in the loss of ovarian substance or even uh, adnexectomy. So um, early menopause is, is rather common uh, in compared to the normal population. And therefore, uh, one have to... Uh, understand that even these women with um, is with endometriosis, one need to um, apply HRT just as in other women with premature menopause in order to avoid uh, deleterious effects of hormone loss. So when we think about endometriosis, often we think that these women are diagnosed before they're menopausal because of symptoms that appear that, that have us go looking. But what about newly diagnosed endometriosis in, in menopause? Is that something that's common, something we should be aware of? Yeah, I think this is a very underdiagnosed problem because uh, most of the gynecologists and women wouldn't think that um, a problem which occurs normally in premenopause, which uh, would uh, be of any importance postmenopausally, but there is about two to three percent of women who do have this, and I think it's totally underdiagnosed because it's very difficult to diagnose. There is no relation to cycle since there is no cycle, so any pain uh, would uh, would obviously be important. But most commonly, if there is some kind of a tumor or mass, unclear mass, it should be um, looked at. And, and that's why um, one need to have a histology to exclude uh, malignancy. And it's a difficult diagnosis for, for sure. Okay, so speaking about malignancy, is there an association of certain malignancies with endometriosis? 
Yeah, there are so, several uh, associations. The most uh, important one at, at the present time, we think is, is ovarian cancer. So there is about uh, uh, approximately two to threefold higher incidence of ovarian cancer in endometriosis. And it depends what type of, of ovarian cancer. And there are some other uh, problems like breast cancer, but it's very small increase, if, if at all. So uh, most, um, the biggest problem would be ovarian cancer, and there is some increase in thyroid cancer, um, and no increase in endometrial cancer, what, what would one would expect, um, but at least uh, not in the most studies. And cervical cancer is actually lower, in, in, mm. so a decreased incidence. So what factors in premenopausal endometriosis could potentially increase this cancer risk? Are there, are there factors we need to be thinking about? Yeah, there are, there's definitely um, a higher in, increase of incidence of mainly ovarian cancer. If there is a, a long-term recurrent endometriosis, mainly endometrioma, uh, so involving the ovaries, and especially if the ovarian endometriosis or the uh, endometrioma are a large size, uh, above nine centimeters, for example, or if endometriosis diagnosed very late, uh, which is uncommon. So let's say above or later than 40, 45. So the occurrence is late. So there is some different pathogenesis, we believe. So they, these women are at higher risk. Okay. Now let's move on to cardiovascular because we always worry about the increased risk of cardiovascular disease in our postmenopausal women. But now let's think about postmenopausal women and endometriosis. Are there additional cardiovascular risk factors that we need to be aware of? Yeah, this, um, this has been quite well studied and uh, looking at different systemic effects of endometriosis. So it, it's regarded not a local problem, but mainly systemic. And there have, it's an interesting dual effect. One, uh, myocardial infection, infarction and stroke, for example, is somewhat increased, but for example, heart failure is decreased. So if you look at the, the basically the overall survival rate, if you look at that uh, part, you have a decrease of cardiovascular dependent mortality in endometriosis even though some of the cardiovascular factors are increased. So we think it's mainly because of the decrease of heart failure. So there is a dual effect, which is quite complex, um, but it's reassuring that the mortality rate is actually lower, which is surprising. Mm. Now we touched briefly on menopausal hormone therapies and endometriosis, and you talked about the importance of treating them with um, a progestational agent. Does it matter whether it's a progestin or a progesterone? And then when we look at T-sex like Duvivir that have basidoxephine, would these all be equivalent or is there a preferred approach? Well, this is a quite unanswerable question because there has not been several studies in all these women. Uh, it's a very difficult study uh, because looking at just endometriosis um, uh, in the history and then doing studies is, is quite complex. So what we think that it's just due, due to other reasons, not because of endometriosis, uh, natural progesterone, natural progesterone would be preferable, um, which however is not so potent are in regard to endometrial suppression. So uh, it's difficult to balance the two effects. So um, we don't know if it's a real big difference, but we think that um, endometriosis is 
more potently suppressed by progestins. Um, but that's not necessarily the, the case, what you would prefer nowadays. And so yes. it's, a, it's quite complex. Yeah, to treat these women. And then we talked about the malignant risks that may increase in these women. And just remind us one more time in terms of the possibility of malignant transformation of an endometrioma. How do we follow this and what should be in the back of our minds? Yeah, so that, that, that can occur even though it is very low risk. So a direct malignant transfer of the tissue itself is, is rather low. And, and the only um, test or study which has actually showed this is there is a monotherapy of estrogens alone without progestins and in some other studies. So uh, we believe that there is some risk, but this risk is actually rather low and it's um, not uh, really at a clinical importance up to now. So I think there is some risk, but it's very low. Such an important conversation because often we think about endometriosis being a problem in the pre-menopausal state, but fuel for us to think about in the post-menopausal state. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you.